Become a Leslie's Pro member, and with almost a 1,000 locations conveniently located less than 3 miles from your service route, you can quickly get in and out and take care of your customers. Get Skimmer, America's number one pool service software platform. Listeners of the podcast can try Skimmer for free. Visit my website, swimmingpoollearning.com, and click on the Leslie's Pro and the Skimmer banners to learn more. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Hi, welcome to the Pool Guy Podcast Show. In this episode, I'm going to go over some tips. If you're having a pool built and you are refining your plans, you haven't really started yet, maybe you're looking for a builder, or you're thinking about having a pool installed or remodeled, I'll go over some tips here. And these are pretty basic to having a pool built, and these are from a pool pro's perspective. Pool Service Pro, open a Leslie's Wholesale account today and receive wholesale pricing on products you use every day. Leslie's Pool Supply offers convenient locations that are open 7 days a week. Another great benefit of opening a Leslie's Wholesale account is Leslie's Referral Program. Get referred to a customer looking for weekly pool service. Save time and money and grow your pool service route and become a Leslie's Pro. When things are built, whether it be cars, homes, or pools, I think the builder doesn't really look at what happens after the fact. For example, if you if you bought a track home, maybe a window is facing directly into the wall of your neighbor's house because that's just kind of what they did. And they're not thinking about someone living in the house and staring out the window at just the wall of the neighbor's house. They probably could have placed the window in a different location. But since they're working on plans and are just kind of just dropping in these track homes, there's no room during that time to make any changes. The same thing with cars. I've talked to many mechanics when I had my Nissan, and a lot of them were like, hey, why did they put this here? Or why did they put this here? Toyota did a better job at designing where they put their spark plugs or the alternators in a place where we can't reach it. And so when they build a car, they're not thinking about the mechanic later working on the car. The same thing goes with when a pool is being built. Most builders don't have the background in pool service. Some do. Some were former pool service professionals but others don't. And so they're just building the pool to build the pool. And they have these set plans in their head. And of course, they bring them on the paper for the customer. But they may not be ideal for what happens afterwards. So I'm going to go over some things that if I were building a pool or advising you, I would have you look carefully at these things so that afterwards you're going to have the best, most functional pool for the pool pro that's taking care of it or if you take care of it yourself. And you're going to have the most functional pool that you can during the process. The first thing, of course, is to get bids for the pool. If you've gotten any bids lately, you know that the price of pools have gone up about five times what they were 10 or 15 years ago. For example, in my area, just in my vicinity, if I wanted to have a simple 15 by 30 foot pool built with just standard coping around there, nothing fancy, with white plaster, with standard equipment, with an attached spa, maybe a seven-foot round spa, it's going to cost about 130000 just for the pool and coping and equipment. And 15 years ago, that same pool would have cost about 30000 Of course, it does no good to look back because, you know, if you're looking back like that, then the house you bought for a half a million dollars, you know, 15 years ago, maybe sold for 120000 and you can't go back in time. And you can't go back in time to build your pool or to buy your house. So 
it's not really worth visiting that. It's just something that's good to mention so that you know that you're investing in something that is going to cost a lot of money. And so you want to do it correctly. It's not a $30,000 pool anymore. It's a $130,000 pool. And this makes these tips much more important, I think, and time time sensitive to the fact that everything is much more expensive. So get three bids for your pool, at least three bids. You can get more if you want. I think if you get five or six, you're going to get a little confused. So three or four bids would be the maximum I would suggest. And you want to call builders, you know, maybe you want to call them directly from the internet or Yelp. You also want to get referrals from friends or from pool pros that are in the area. If you have a neighbor or a relative that had a pool built and you like the way it looks, ask them who the builder was and get a bid from that builder. Now, when you're looking at the bids, sometimes you're not comparing apples to apples because the bids are written differently. So some of the items that are included in one bid may be line items in another bid. So you'll have to get familiar with reading the bid and how it's drawn up. So there may be some things included that are in one bid and some things that aren't included in another, but they're still going to be put in to the ground. It's just that it's not noted there. It's just lumped together. Sometimes they'll lump the equipment together. Sometimes they'll separate it. Sometimes they'll lump the plumbing together or the electrical. Sometimes it'll be line item. I think the best bid, of course, has the most line item. So everything is itemized. And you can go back to the to the builder and say, is there any way that you can make this bid a little clearer by itemizing more things in the bid for me? That way I know how much everything's costing. You know, in the bottom line, I want to know how much the electrical is, how much the equipment is, you know, piece by piece. You can even get that minute if you want to. I think it's important to get as much detail in the bid as you can. And it's, of course, dependent on the builder and how they draw up the bid. And you're not necessarily looking for the cheapest bid. And keep that in mind, that cheap doesn't necessarily mean good. It's the value of the overall contract. They should be pretty comparable with each other. You shouldn't get a bid for like, you know, a 15 by 30 pool that comes in at 70000 Another bid coming in at 150 and the one coming in at 130 They should all be within 10% of each other. If they're all reputable builders, they have a formula they're working off of, and the bids should be within range of each other, within a few thousand dollars of each other, or maybe several thousand dollars of each other, depending on the builder. There may be some that are outrageously high, and that's probably because the builder is really booked up. He doesn't want to do the project, but if you're willing to pay a premium, for that project, he'll definitely take it on. So if you do get a bid that's thirty, forty thousand dollars higher than the other ones, it's probably because the builder doesn't really want the job, but he's just going through the motions because he doesn't want a bad review or doesn't want to pass up a potential opportunity. If you're willing to pay a lot more for the pool, he'll definitely squeeze you in and do it. But most bids, again, will come in within the same range. So you want to get a feel for the builder. You want to see his responsiveness. You know, if you're asking him questions during the bidding process and you're not getting a response for one or two days, just kind of translate that to the building project. When you have a question about the pool build, maybe they've dug the pool, they're doing the gunite, and you're trying to get the builder and he's not responding. So at the bidding process, the builder should be very responsive because that's kind of his personality and that's going to translate further down the road to the same transparency and quick response that's necessary during the build itself. So if you're not getting a good response during the even during the bidding process, I would say I would put that bid aside. Maybe get another bid to replace that one. That way you're looking at three good bids and you can make your decision from there. 
Is it helpful to look at some of the projects the builder has completed? I think it is helpful if they're willing to allow you to look at some projects in person. They probably will have a good portfolio of photos for you. But if you really want to look at a pool in person, they should have some customers that are willing to let you back there to see some projects. And I would say that this is probably a good way if you're really close to picking this builder to lock it in by looking at some of the projects he has done recently if he's able to let you in there. Sometimes people don't want other people in their backyards and that's understandable. But I find that you're always going to have this customer of the builder that's like, yeah, they can come to my backyard. I love to show my pool. They're really excited about their property and their house and they like to show it off. So there's always someone of that caliber usually available. If the builders built, you know, a ton of pools in the area, that should be pretty easy to accomplish. Once you pick your builder, you want to make dead sure that the location for the pool is where you want the pool. It can't really be moved later. However, I've had two service accounts where they actually have moved the pools and a future date. One pool was actually done really well at Pebble Tech. It had um, flagstone coping and a new buy. It was a really nice pool, by the way, and it was in, I thought, in a good area of the backyard. The backyard wasn't super large. I would say maybe 5,000 square feet. But they had plenty of room for that pool where it was located. The new owner came in, didn't like where the pool was, didn't like the style of the pool. So he actually had that pool destroyed, completely filled in. And then he had another pool dug just to the left of it. He put a smaller pool. It was rectangular with a cover, with an automatic cover. I thought that was completely strange and odd because the original pool was beautiful and the new pool was smaller and didn't have the same freeform styling. Then I had another customer that had a pool that was getting old and he wanted to remodel it and he wanted to move part of it. And so they filled in part and shifted other parts. It was basically a whole new build at that point. And this is pretty expensive. So the reason why I'm telling you this now is that once you pick the location and style of the pool, it becomes really expensive. You're just building a new pool, basically, if you want to move it. So pick the location, you know, kind of do it on your computer, stand in your backyard Look at it carefully to make sure that the pool that you're putting in is where you exactly want it because it's immovable after that point. And this is a key factor because I've had pools that I get back there and I'm thinking, I don't know why they put the pool here because it's really not the best location. It's number one, too close to the house. They had all this room here. They could have moved it and put a nice patio. Or two, it's way too far away. I mean, it's inconvenient to go all the way out here to the pool when they could have easily have put it right here in this spot. And so I've had that experience where I'm back there wondering why that pool is where it's at. And this is something you want to avoid in the original build. Pick your location, go over the location with the builder, make sure that this is the drop dead location that you want. And then they're going to break ground and dig the hole in that location. At that point, it's really difficult to change the location, even at the very beginning. And so definitely have that location in mind. I remember several years back, I was doing a pool and next door, they were building a pool and I could see the build process over the wall pretty easily. And then all of a sudden, it just stopped completely. They had dug the hole, they'd put the rebar in and nothing was happening at, after that point. And I asked the neighbor what's going on. And he said, oh, my neighbor is fighting with them because she doesn't like the location of the pool and she wants them to move it. And at that point, the builder was unwilling to move it without, of course, her paying a large amount of money to move it. She was upset that he wasn't going to move it at 
without charging her. And so they were at an impasse and the pool stayed empty for, for many, many months. And you don't want that to happen. So definitely location is important. The next thing is equipment placement. If you are putting the equipment somewhere in your backyard where it's going to cause future problems, I would suggest really not putting it there. I know this sounds kind of like circular logic because how do you know it's going to be in a location where it would cause problems if you don't have it there yet. But the builder should be experienced enough to tell you that if you want to put the equipment right up against your master bedroom window, it's not a good idea because you're going to be hearing the equipment when it's running. And in the future, you may not like looking at the equipment out your window. You might have liked looking at maybe, you know, the, the backyard and having a better view so there are locations that just aren't logical to put the equipment. You don't want to put the equipment right next to the pool either and build a wall around it. I've seen this too. It's kind of weird. I get to a stop and the pool equipment is like literally right there on the deck by the pool. There's no reason for it to be there because there's plenty of area on the side of the house, plenty of area on the side of the garage. But for some reason, the customer wanted the equipment right there on their deck next to their pool. Again, in the future, you're going to be wondering why you decided to put it there because now you're staring at a, a wall and behind it is your equipment and you're trying to enjoy your pool, but you're always staring at that wall right there with all the equipment there. And I think it's something to consider that when you pick your location for the equipment, work with the builder, get the most private location for it where it's not going to be intrusive, bothering you in the morning when it comes on or sticking out like a sore thumb. There is a right placement for the equipment, and they could put it just about anywhere. It's just going to add to the cost, of course, because then they have to run more plumbing to it and more electrical further. But there is a logical place to put the equipment. And rely on the builder to help you pick the best place so that in the future, you're not going to move that equipment. Because I've had customers that weren't happy with the location of their equipment, and they wanted to move it. And that's a $10,000 project to move the equipment from one area to another. And it's just not worth doing after the fact. Let me quickly go over some equipment that I think is essential and some equipment that I think you can kind of cross out and align item if you need to, to lower the price down. Essential to me would be a good variable speed pump, a good filter, a heater, or a heat pump, depending on your area, what you're going to put in there. And I think extra equipment that you can live with or live without is a saltwater generator. I would suggest living with one and having that installed at the beginning because it's much easier to put into the equipment at the build and later. I think you can live without UV and ozone and expensive systems of that nature, AOP. That's kind of an after equipment purchase. So if you wanted to add that to your pool project, you can. But if it's raising the price of your pool by five or 6000 you can easily cross that out. I, I find that to be unnecessary equipment for a pool and it's not the basic equipment. So the basic equipment is a pump, a heater, a filter, and a saltwater generator. To me, that would be the basic equipment. Now, if you want an automated system, it's much easier to have one installed at the build. I think if you if it's in your budget to have an automated system put in, you definitely would want to do that. This means that you can control your spa and pool mode from an app. You can turn on your heater. You can adjust your pool pump speeds and time run times directly from an app on your phone and it's an expense yes but i think it's necessary with a new build and i would highly recommend having an automated system installed i would rather you spend the money 
on an automated system than spend that money on a UV ozone AOP system. It's money much more well spent. And if you want like a chemical feeder back there, like the IntelliChem or something of that nature, or Rollachem to add acid and chlorine to your pool, I think that's a good purchase with the cost of chemicals. It's a good way to regulate the adding of chemicals to your pool. But it's an add-on also, so it's not a necessary equipment. It's not necessary at all for your pool. But if you have the money for that and you want to invest in that, then definitely add that on. But basically, you just need a filter, a pump, a heater, or a heat pump, and a saltwater generator. That would be the basic equipment setup that I would go for. Then I would add an automated system if you have the budget for it. And if you have the budget for a chemical dispensing system or UV ozone or AOP, then I would add that on at the end also. Just remember that it's your pool project. And if you don't like a particular equipment that the builder is putting in, you can definitely cross that out. It's not an essential equipment. You can't be forced to put it in. And I would say don't put in anything that you don't want to put in because this is ultimately your pool. And anything can be added after the fact in most cases anyway. So if you decide, you know, I probably should have put in a UV system. Well, they can add that after the fact. No problem. Maybe just a little more expensive after the fact. But you don't need it. And so I wouldn't be, I wouldn't advise you to be under the pressure or force to put in any equipment that you don't really want to put in. This kind of go ties into the some things that you can't really change easily, like the location of the pool. The surface type is something that can't be changed easily either. So it's area dependent really what pool surface type the builder is going to put in. Some areas are strictly vinyl liner pools and a lot of people are getting those put in. And to put anything else besides that in your area is not cost effective. Other areas use fiberglass pools where they drop in the shell and that's perfectly fine. It's not really popular in California. Most of the pools here are generally either plaster or pebble tech and those are the two main surface types that you're going to see. So I'll focus on that and your area of course may again just be vinyl liners or fiberglass and that's perfectly fine. That makes the choice pretty easy but I think the choice between plaster and Pebble Tech is a much more difficult choice because Pebble Tech is more expensive and plaster is a lot less expensive. And you may be in a budget situation where you're thinking, well, I'll probably have to go with plaster because I don't want to spend the extra money for Pebble Tech. And later on, you can't really change that surface type without spending a huge amount of money to change that because resurfacing the pool also has gone up tremendously over the years. So think long and hard about what surface type you want. Do you want a plaster quartz type pool or do you want a Pebble Tech pool? Now some people like Pebble Tech, they like the look of it. It's a consistent finish for sure because you're not gonna have any kind of discrepancies in the color. Whereas a plaster pool, you may have what we call modeling in the industry and that's natural discoloration or color, not discoloration I should say, but natural shades of different colors in the plaster that may be noticeable depending on when the sun hits the pool. And this is noted in the contract. The builder will have you sign a waiver saying he's not liable for these color variations. I think white plaster, most builders don't warranty it, period. But the Pebble Tech does come with a 10-year warranty. I believe is 10 years. And that's a pretty good warranty for a pool surface. But you're paying a lot more for Pebble Tech because it's a more expensive surface. It lasts longer. It's more consistent. And it's one of those things where you're going to have to decide at the build 
if you want to go with a plaster quartz type finish, color quartz, or you want to go with a pebble tech, pebble sheen type finish. And it's really up to you. I can tell you that the pebble tech is a little bit rougher, especially initially on the step areas and corners. It will smooth out after, but some people just don't like the feel of pebble tech, period. And so I would rule that out then if you don't like the feel of it. Of course, the best feeling pools are the fiberglass pools. They feel smooth. And I really like the feel of the fiberglass pools. I've always been kind of partial to the feel of a fiberglass pool. But plaster is perfectly acceptable. As long as you can live with the fact that it's not going to last as long as the Pebble Tech pool. You may have some color variations in the plaster. And you could also have other problems associated with the plaster pool versus the Pebble Tech pool. But at the build, you have to decide at that point, do you want to spend the extra money for the Pebble Tech? Or do you want to go with a plaster or colored plaster pool? And that's really something that's kind of budget dependent and also your preference and surface types. I think you really have to think long and hard because this is one of those things where changing it later is going to cost a lot more and it's not really logical to change it later. So pick it now and kind of stick with it so that later on you're not kind of second guessing yourself. And I could probably go on for another hour talking about other details, subcontractors, permits, the build, the stages of the build. The payment process of the bills, usually it's done in stages. But I'll focus on one last thing here that I think is really crucial also. And again, I go back to not being able to change something after the fact. And this is the size of your attached spa. I really recommend if you're getting a pool built, especially in California, Florida, Arizona, Nevada, those states where you use your pool year round, that you have an attached spa built into the pool. I've had many customers that have built a pool without a spa. And then later on, they're like, hey, I need to add a spa here. I want to get the builder to add a spa. And to me, that's one of those things where if you're thinking clearly and you're doing the build at the beginning, have a spa put in because you're going to find you're using your spa a lot more, especially when the kids get older. And in the wintertime, you'll be using your spa more than your pool. And having the attached spa is super convenient and it's something that you should consider putting in if you just think that you're going to just use the pool only, you're making a mistake and you should have an attached spa included with your build. And I have to say, talking with the customers that only have the pool without a spa, none of them have said to me, I'm really happy with the fact that I just had a pool built and I didn't have the builder put in an attached spa. That's never actually happened. In fact, it's been a 100% the opposite. Man, I wish when I had the pool built, I put an attached spa in. Or Man, I wish when I bought this house, I would have, would have noticed that this house had a pool but no spa. I wasn't really thinking. I didn't think it was a big deal. But I would really wish they had an attached spa here so I can use the spa in the wintertime or at night or when I'm having a party. So one of my final recommendations is to have a spa built. Now, if you don't think you're going to use it much, you can have a small spa built. Maybe, you know, five foot round or something like that. Or, you know, a five foot square rectangular spa. But I think the bigger the spa the better, as long as it doesn't make your project look kind of strange, having maybe a seven foot round or a seven foot rectangular. Now, if it makes your project look kind of Frankenstein-ishy with a gigantic spa, I definitely would shrink it down a little bit, but you're going to find that you're going to use your spa a lot more at parties or gatherings and in the wintertime. So having a little larger spa is better than having a smaller one, in my opinion. And again, this is something you can't change later. You can add a spa to a pool for sure. But it's going to cost you quite a bit of money to add that to it. And I think it's perfectly fine to have the spa working off the pool equipment. I have several accounts where 
The spa has their own equipment. The pool has its own equipment. But that's usually more for a commercial setting. And it's really too much redundancy, in, in my opinion, for a personal pool to have spa equipment and pool equipment separate. So it's fine if they're merged together and it's a lot more cost effective anyway. But if they're building the pool, digging the hole, they can b- dig a smaller hole for you to put a spa in at the same time. And it's much more cost effective to have the spa put in when you have the pool built. And I hope the biggest takeaway from all this is that you can't change things later. And if you do change things later, it's going to cost you a lot more money than making the changes during the process. You can't change builders during the middle of the project, although some people have tried that. You can't change locations. You can't really add on things that aren't there at the original build without spending a lot of money. So definitely make sure that when you're having this project done that you are certain you want your pool where it's going, the surface type, an attached spa, where the equipment is placed. All of this later can come back and make you regret certain choices. So make sure you make the right choices at the very beginning. If you're looking for other podcasts I recorded, you can find them on my website, swimmingforlearning.com. On the banner, click on the podcast icon, and that'll take you to a drop-down menu of other podcasts I recorded. And if you're interested in the coaching program that I offer, you can learn more at poolguycoaching.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Have a great rest of your week. God bless. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. The Pool Guy Podcast Show. Real quick, if you're not using pool service software, try Skimmer free for 30 days at getskimmer backslash pool guy. Again, that's getskimmer backslash pool guy. Skimmer, everything you need to run your pool service business all in one app.